This is the Advisor Odyssey audio experience, where financial advisors, planners, insurance agents, and brokers will find fresh new ideas and perspectives around what it takes to launch, succeed, scale, and bulletproof their business. Okay, so digital marketing is debatably the king of the hill right now. And it's probably going to be that way for the well foreseeable future. We're starting to see an uptick in a lot of more like in-person events again. Uh, referrals are obviously still around. Uh, there's actually a strong push right now in most businesses for uh, culture and kindness. You know, Actually, Gary Vee is kind of one of the big guys behind it. But anyways, today we're digging into digital marketing, uh, specifically for financial advisors. So throughout the course of this uh, episode, guys, we're not going to get in like super deep in the weeds of all things digital marketing. Uh, we're going to stay pretty much on topic with just for financial advising. Uh, again, whether that's uh, managing assets, whether it's selling insurance, property and casualty, Medicare, uh, from the CPA perspective, running CPA agency, we're going to stay pretty granular to that. But uh, digital marketing is debatably the king of the hill right now, and it's not going in a way uh, going anywhere anytime soon. Quite frankly, it's only going to continue to evolve. Um, the other, like the the other businesses in the space, uh, not just financial space, but just around the world, they're getting better at it. Um, the data, the technology, it's all just increasing and getting better and better and better. So, uh, six years ago, seven, eight years ago, if you weren't into digital marketing, you you were probably just fine. Um, but the advisors and the business owners who hopped on to digital marketing. Six, seven, eight years ago, um, they they did they have been doing more than likely really well. Uh, maybe that was you five, six, seven years ago who said, my clients aren't on Facebook. I'm not going to get on Facebook. That doesn't make sense. Um, my goal is not to change your opinion on situations like that by the end of this episode. My goal is to be able to really shed some light on what it actually like digital marketing should mean to you, how the process works. And uh, if you can integrate it seamlessly to have like a proven, uh, simple and proven framework to follow. So um, jumping in, there's critical steps. Okay, there's critical steps that your prospects go through uh, throughout the digital marketing process. Now, this is not a one size fits all thing. It's going to be a little different for everyone, but there's a common formula. And uh, more than likely, it doesn't end where you probably think it ends. So Here's the life cycle of a digital lead as they become a lead, to a prospect, to a client, and so on. So first and foremost, uh, phase number one is they're aware of your brand, right? They know you exist. It doesn't matter how great of an advisor or a CPA or a broker you are. If someone doesn't know you exist, they will never be able to work with you. It's just really that simple. So. Step number one is they need to be aware of your brand. So that's where getting in front of them is really important. Um, content is huge, whether you're creating it like I am or you're curating it, uh, which for most of you, I'd probably recommend you curate it. Just having the content out there. Uh, uh, websites and uh, social media pages like LinkedIn, uh, TikTok to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you're very likely not going to have a client from just like that arena. I mean, you might, especially, if, actually this is common with younger advisors, I should be clear. A lot of the younger advisors are having clients actually choose to work with them from their presence on LinkedIn. 
there's been a huge uptick in that. Uh, you'll also see a little bit of that on TikTok. It's really rare for like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, but um, it can happen. But more than anything, it's the content that gets you in front of people. So um, create the content, curate the content, post online, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok are the big five that I would recommend. Uh, Pinterest is another really good option. You might be saying, what? Pinterest doesn't make sense. Uh, but Pinterest right now, the way that SEO works in a lot of like a website recognition, uh, linking is important. A term that you'll hear a lot is uh, uh, backlinking or backdoor linking. <clears throat> you'll have a lot of situations where your website doesn't show up on a Google search because you don't have a lot of links on your page. Uh, you don't have a lot of content on your page. That uh, is really where a lot of advisors actually mess up. They'll work with a lot of uh, like uh, vendor-based firms to create that kind of thing, like a website forum, for example, and they just they don't have the content or it's really canned, so they don't show up, and they get mad. The way you can overcome that, uh, hopping on Pinterest, creating a Pinterest board. Uh, you might have a compliance deal with this, depending on your specific situation. Create a Pinterest board, and uh, by the way, that lives forever, so that's key. You know, you hop on the radio, you do show, it'll live and die. Um, Pinterest boards will, for the most part, live forever. Create a board around whatever your topic is. Let's call it uh, life insurance. And on this board, all you have is like things about life insurance. You're gonna link to your website on all of it. You're, if you have videos on YouTube or social medias, you're gonna hyperlink to them. You're gonna have a lot of outside hyperlinks to stories and uh, like news articles, whatever it is. Create the links and use Pinterest as your landing hub for all your, your links. And it's going to increase uh, your visibility. So that's phase number one, is they're aware of your brand. Number two is they engage with your advertisements and your content. Um, we're, for the sake of this, let's zone in specifically on they engage with your ads. Um, content's a little different because you're not gonna be actually giving them something to take with them in exchange for information. But in digital marketing, that's what we wanna do. So they're going to engage with your ads. <clears throat> Think of this as when you're scrolling through Facebook and you see an ad, it pops up, hey, six signs that you might be or six things you might be missing about your retirement plan, or five things that everyone must do when preparing for their uh, funding for their child's college education. Those little advertisements that pop up, people click on them, that's why they, they're there. And uh, that's that's really our like goal right there. Get them to just click on it. Uh, I commonly in the past have used the term, get the at-bat, that's like your at-bat. If it's enough, uh, like appealing to them enough to get them to click on it, you're already one step ahead and you're just that much closer to converting the sale. So they click your ad, that's step number two. Uh, if it's a video, that also means they watch the video. If it's a, a, a tutorial that like, you can plug and play words, but they clicked it, you knew they clicked it, and your data and tracking and analytics will show that there is a click. Uh, phase number three is they traded their information for your value. So with the example of uh, five things that every parent needs to know about funding their child's ed college education. They clicked your ad and they got to your landing page. <clears throat> uh, maybe it's landing page, maybe it was uh, your actual website, which lots of different digital vendors will do it differently. If you make it yourself, I would highly recommend you create an actual landing page around a specific topic. It's just, that's my personal recommendation. But uh, they trade their information for the value that you can give. So. They put in their name, email, phone number, et cetera, and they downloaded it. If it's a downloadable copy, or if it's something you need to mail to them, they put in their address, you mail it to them. But that's phase three. That's where we really like, that's, <laughs> well, for, for most, uh, whether you're an advisor or CPA or broker, that's probably what you're thinking of digital marketing in the first place. 
is just getting people to put in their information. That is like the core thing that it should do, but that's, there's a lot more that goes into it. And again, we're going to stay a little bit surface level for this episode here, but um, that's actually phase three. It's not phase one in the cycle. Now, phase four, um, I've kind of coined this as they see you and you see them. This is going to be for after they download that, for example, that uh, content or that PDF about five things about funding a college education. What you should be doing after that is, and this should be automatic, it should be like on the actual uh, digital funnel piece, they should be prompted to register to attend a live workshop of yours, uh, a seminar maybe, they should be prompted to attend a webinar or maybe just have a phone call with you. I wouldn't really recommend the phone call if at all possible, but if you don't have the funds to be able to do a seminar, workshop, or webinar, a 15-minute consultation is fine. Um, but the point is, they show up to, uh, if it's an event, they show up to the event. If it's a phone call, they show up to the phone call. Basically, you get your app at. From there, digital marketing's pretty much done its initial job of getting them to see you and talk with you. Now, this is where a lot of advisors and agents and whatnot, they leave it be. They're like, all right, digital marketing did its job, nice. But it goes further than that. After they attend your, let's again, we'll call it a workshop. After they attend your college education workshop, they, uh, let, let's assume they liked your offer. That's actually phase number five. They like your offer. You essentially pass the first test. Um, from here, it's safe to assume that they're impressed with what you can do. Uh, maybe they're shopping around, maybe they're not, maybe they're just exploring, whatever the situation may be. They liked your offer and they actually set an appointment with you. So that's where we wanna to get to. They set an actual appointment. If you do the 15 minute phone consult, don't consider that a legitimate first appointment. That's really just an opportunity for you to get in that bat, okay? Um, we'll dig into that like much more in depth on a future video, but that's gonna be uh, really critical don't try to fit a full first appointment fact finder in that 15 minute consultation. Just give them what they need and get out on a peaceful note. I'm sorry, a positive note, not a peaceful note, on a positive note. So skipping ahead in the sales process. Again, we're talking digital marketing, but as we skip ahead in the sales process, phase number six, they are now a client, okay? You know, they're, <laughs> they're in the club now, they're a client of yours. But um, the digital marketing shouldn't stop yet. Now, this is, again, where I think a lot of advisors, if they haven't already said it should stop by now, uh, this is where they typically stop it. Why should I market, you know, why should I do any digital marketing to someone who's a client of mine? Well, the truth is the client experience is, I would argue, just as important as the, the lead experience, as in the lead funnel experience. Um it's actually more important in my opinion because now they're not just a random name with an email or phone number they're actually someone that you know about them their core values their family their finances and they're a client of yours they trust you so continue to market to them but your marketing is going to change it's not going to be call to action driven it's not going to be hey download this or hey attend this event it's really going to be more of like a branding piece like um hey here's my book or hey here's my radio show here's my podcast here's my tv show it's really more so a leverage builder, like a brand builder. So you wanna to continue to market from that perspective because moving into step seven, here's where you start to monetize that. They begin to say nice things about you 
and uh, actually recently with the, the the new bill that was passed, you can collect testimonials, right? So, um, and there's some caveats there to be clear. Do check with your compliance, your broker dealer, your RIA, whatever the situation may be. Check with them. But in a general sense, you can begin to uh, collect testimonials and reviews basically. That first 60 to 90 days is critical. So as you're continuing to market to them, building that brand exposure, maybe they didn't know you had a book, but because they saw your ad still passively, uh, which by the way, the ad cost should go down if you choose who to market to, like an actual person as opposed to a general like criteria, to be clear. Um, the marketing agency you work with should be able to explain a lot of that to you. But um, that first 60 to 90 days is critical for the relationship to work fully. Um, this is where you're gonna roll out the red carpet. Your goal for that first two to three months is to wow them, like blow them away. Um, you've passed the buyer's remorse test at this point because they're a client, but think about how many times you've, uh, you know, like for example, you've gone to a new dentist or maybe you've uh, you uh, you know got a new doctor or maybe you worked with a new accountant for your own personal stuff, whatever it may be. Um, typically that first 60, 90 days, like that's gonna be where you choose, like did I make a good decision, did I not? Um, if it was a big money decision, like maybe you chose to work with a new accountant, uh, you're going to be thinking like, should I go back? Should I stay? Like your clients are going to be doing something similar. Did I make the right choice? Do I like them? Do I still like them? Do I still like the plan? Um, you're not going to see a lot of retention in that first 60 to 90 days because most people won't leave right away, but they're going to make the mental decision of yes, they made a good decision or they're eh, kind of on the fence. So um, wow them, continue with the digital marketing, wow them, like stay in front of them because the final phase here is phase number eight. They refer people to you and it's your digital ads and your advertisements that prompt that. Uh, really like a simple example of this, Sandy Sue becomes a client and, uh, again, it started with the college funding, uh, advertisements. They downloaded the piece, which by the way, the more someone downloads something, it doesn't necessarily mean they're more interested. What it means is that they're just happy to click and happy to share their information. But after they become a client, the mentality shifts from the call to action to the more brand builder and the exposure situation. You're then, your digital advertisements are going to shift to, um, again, you've got, we'll talk about like the books and the podcast, continue to do that, but it's going to shift to things like uh, join us for our upcoming you know, X, Y, Z event and, uh, having like the disclosure, the disclaimer piece or the description, pardon me, the description piece of open to clients and, uh, uh, those who are not clients, you can use different terminology there. You might have your own, uh, specific terms you'd like to use for your firm. But, uh, the goal is you want to have your clients know that they could attend it. <clears throat> now there's a, there's a, there's like a tightrope you'll have to walk here. And if you have a team, you'll want to talk to them about this between like allowing a certain amount of your clients to attend your workshops and your seminars, et cetera. Um, ideally you never have your clients attend a seminar where you pay for food, at least like per plate. We don't want to mess with that. We want to leave that open for our prospects. But if it's like an educational workshop, especially if it's at your office, if it's at your office, that that's its own entirely separate marketing funnel. But if it's uh, like a library or maybe it's a junior college or a college or you know something like that, a community center or a church, uh, make sure the clients know that they can still attend. And sometimes you'll have clients that just joined you like four or five months ago 
show up to attend another workshop around a, a specific topic. And uh, they might tell you they're coming, they might not. But again, they saw the ad, and more than likely, they don't want to go to these events alone. Um, specifically women, uh, women which are, by the way, women are way more inclined to refer someone in the financial services arena than men are. But um, women typically will not want to attend those events by themselves. So a lot of times you'll have a new client of yours who's a, who's a woman, they'll bring a friend of theirs to that event. And if that friend's not a client of yours, that's just an opportunity. So again, that's the referral piece of it. Um, again, just like in the beginning, no one can work with you until they know about you. When you stay in front of a new client and you continually make that experience really great, you're gonna just increase your chances of gaining referrals. And as simple as it might sound, that little ad placement you had where you reminded your client on as they were scrolling through Facebook at 10 o'clock at night, catching up on their friends and their their grandkids, when they saw, oh right, you know, so-and-so is hosting that, you know, I don't know what you want to call it, that, that Valentine's Day event that's coming up. I've got a couple of friends who would go to that. It's a great opportunity. It's not going to hurt. Because uh, again, you're shifting your focus from call to actions to brand building. Um, where it will hurt is if you do continue to do call to actions. You don't want to do that. So again, that's going to be our uh, phases for digital marketing, uh, specifically as a financial advisor. To recap those eight phases. Number one, they are aware of your business and your brand. Number two, they engage with your advertisements and your content. Number three, they trade their information for your value. Number four, they see you and you see them, uh, whether it's in person or over a webinar. Number five is they like your offer. They decide they like your offer and they set an appointment. Number six, skipping ahead, is now they become a client. Number seven is they begin to say nice things about you, testimonials, reviews. They just give you general feedback. And then finally, they refer people to you. After you get that first referral, it's okay to dial back the digital marketing because you that's when digital marketing, the life cycle of the lead, has it's done probably more than what you would expect it to, but that's the framework you want to follow. So... All right, moving forward, let's roll into the uh, From the Left Field segment here. From Left Field, where we take a swing at answering your specific questions and share our insights into the more common challenges that financial advisors, planners, insurance agents, and brokers typically face in their business. All right, question number one from Left Field today. I really like using Zoom for my appointments when possible. A lot of my clients don't mind it either, but many of those same clients will struggle to even log in to the Zoom meeting, causing our appointment to be rushed, rescheduled, or canceled entirely. I want to keep using Zoom when possible. Is there a good way to fix this? The best way to fix a situation like this, um, it, it, the best way is assuming you have a team, just have someone on your team, like whether it's your assistant or your client service manager, um, have someone on your team actually call the prospect or the client like the day before. Uh, they should be doing like some sort of a reminder call anyways, or even a reminder text, you could fit that in there too. But uh, on that reminder call to like recap, like, hey, um, here's where the appointment's gonna be, here's the time of the appointment, uh, here's what we need from you, here's what you can expect. 
Also just clarify, hey, we're gonna be doing this over Zoom. Uh, are you familiar with Zoom? Could I give you like a quick tutorial on how to use the Zoom and access the meeting? Something like that. Um, I, there's some specific language that I could I could send out, but ultimately it's like the goal is just to figure out have they done Zoom before or not. And you sh you as the advisor in the sales role shouldn't be doing that. You should be maximizing your time. Have someone on your team do those calls. Um, if you don't have somebody on your team, I would suggest spending like maybe 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes if you're not super familiar with technology. Spend the time to record a quick video tutorial. You can do it over Zoom. Uh, you could do it. There's a ton of softwares out there you can download for free, especially if you have a Mac or an Apple uh, like phone or whatever. You just do a quick tutorial, how to log into Zoom, how to access it, and send it to them like 10 minutes before your appointment, 10 or 20 minutes. And then you should minimize that, if not uh, pretty much eliminate that issue entirely. Question number two today. Got any good website advice? <laughs> Handful of thoughts here. Um, kind of rapid fire. One is... Uh, your website should be created in general, which I wouldn't recommend doing it yourself, but it should be created by uh, either a marketing agency or a firm that is very familiar with uh, financial jargon, compliance, and the target clientele. Uh, way too often do financial advisors pay you know a bunch of money, thousands and thousands of dollars to have a freelancer create a website for them when the only thing that freelancers have ever done in the past has been create websites for realtors or uh, you know uh, property and casualty agents maybe, or Maybe they've done stuff in the past for like the coffee shops down the street. Like the clientele that financial advisors, specifically the retirement market, look for is it's a very specific, it's a very specific type of client. Uh, so the language is really important, like on the website, the copy. Uh, but the other thing is the compliance piece of it. Um, for those with broker dealers or with an RIA or securities license, um, boy, you got to be careful what's on your website because if, uh, there's something that that freelancer puts on the website that's not compliant you can get in big trouble for that so that's one uh, second is to have multiple call to actions on your site like visible right away um, the the stat I don't have it in front of me but it was like the most uh, the average time someone spends on a website uh, for someone in the financial services arena uh, not including banks they had banks out of the study because you struggle to find like the login information and everything but the average amount of time is less than six seconds. So that means they click it, they find it on Google, they click it, and then they look at the, the initial page that loads. They don't scroll, they just look at what's in front of them, whether it's on their phone or on their uh, computer, and then they choose right then and there. <clears throat> and for a lot of them, they leave. So you need to have, uh, there's actually two or three things that I'd highly recommend. Uh, again, financially understand if some of this is not possible or even relevant, but um, Assuming you're not like fully virtual based, if you've got somewhat of a community around you that you work with people in, uh, have something really related to your city or your community visibly on display right away. Uh, ideally, that's a video. So for example, if you're in San Francisco area, have like a rolling video of the Golden Gate Bridge, like something really short, but something playing in the background that immediately triggers their, their uh, community like feel. The second is gonna be the call to action piece. Um, hopefully at this point, You've got uh, something that if, if, like if I went to your website right now and I didn't scroll and I only went to the homepage, there better be at least one or two things that I can immediately leave your page with without having to do anything else. So for example, a lot of advisors will have a call to action like schedule an appointment with me uh, or you know your, your uh, second opinion or consultation. That's fine. It's not really going to hurt, but it's not going to do anything for you. Um, most websites 
they're probably placeholders at this point that, you know, 10, 15 years ago, if you had a website, you were considered the next like big thing. Uh, nowadays, you have to have one for people to know you even exist. So uh, they're going to go to your website to check on you. But I would recommend having like a uh, like a PDF, a white paper, perhaps, or like a, a an ebook or a guide or something that they could literally go to your site. If it was me, I could go to your site. I see, hey, download this, you know, XYZ thing. I can put in my information, download it, and then leave. Um, we live in a society now where most people, uh, especially as we continue to get older and older and older, a lot of people get more skeptical of uh, doing things in an online world. It's like we need it in the online world and we're comfortable with it, but we're still skeptical to trust it. So um, it's better, like, build the trust by just providing value. It's the easiest way to overcome that. Um, a big thing on the website too is most people now will look at your website on their phone and I don't think that's ever going to slow down. I think for the most part, uh, especially as like, uh, you know, the generation that's between, you know, 30 to 50 as they continue to get older and smartphones are just like, they're here, like almost every single person has a smartphone. Uh, they're going to be going to your website on their phone. So you really need to invest in making sure that your website looks really good on mobile. If you only have a desktop type website or a laptop or tablet, uh, you're probably going to struggle on that. So, and then the last thing, um, the more videos you can have on your site about you specifically, like your story, your vision, uh, your team, your firm, uh, the better. Make them personal. If you can spend the money to have an actual video company come and record you, that's great. If you can't, um, I would just shoot like a really short video or a couple photos. Um, what you don't want to do is have a lot of canned content on your about us page, uh, the about us page or our firm page or our story, like however you phrase it. That's typically the most commonly visited web page uh, on your website other than just the homepage. So you want to have something that get people to stay for more than that five, six seconds. So that's, that's just some quick hits on websites. Uh, I, that's this huge topic could go on and on and on, but um, hopefully that's four or five good snippets for you to take away. Our final question from left field today. I'm having a lot of people back out after agreeing to work with me. How can I fix this? So we actually, it's funny, we just did a full episode around this. Um, you're going to be losing prospects in a handful of places in your sales process. For this specific scenario, I assume this is after like they've said, yes, I want to work with you. Yes, I like what you do, but then they just never actually do it. They never move the money or they never fully sign the contracts or whatever it is. Um, if you're losing prospects at that time, more than likely it's due to one of two reasons, if not both. Uh, first of which is, and this is the more common, the, the other advisor or, you know, broker agent, whatever, they're the ones that are tearing the deal apart. Uh, the easiest way to overcome that is after that prospect has verbally agreed, you know, they, Hey, let's roll, let's do it. I'm excited. Um, a lot of advisors, especially newer advisors suffer from this. Um, and, and honestly, some of the advisors that have been around for a long time, um, they also kind of, to, to put it bluntly, they kind of get on their high horse. They expect people to not back out because of how great they've done and how good they are. Um, that's a common mistake and it's an ego driven industry. So that can happen, but to kind of keep that ego in check and then also to encourage the newer advisors, the happy medium is making sure that you spend that last five to 10 minutes max of that final, uh, if it's your third appointment, your second appointment, wherever you close, 
spend that time talking with the prospect about here's what they can expect um, like moving forward. I would recommend you lay out the first like month as a client or first three months as a client. I've seen some advisors do like your first year as a new client. But um, for this specific exercise, make sure you're spending time explaining, here's what's gonna happen for like in this next couple weeks. This, uh, like when you go to talk with, you know, John Smith, uh, broker, you know, wh whatever money manager they're at, they're going to, obviously they're gonna want you to stay. They, they make money based off of where uh, like you invest. And in this case, they're holding your money, they're investing your money, they're making money because you're a client of theirs. They're not gonna wanna lose you. Um, here's, and this is the advisor talking here. Here's my experience in this. You're really excited about this new plan we built. And we found some, some holes in your plan that you have in place right now that we're excited to patch. Do you still feel that way? They're gonna say yes. They're gonna say, great. Please understand that your current advisor is they're probably not going to agree with the holes we found or they're going to want to fix it themselves. And the truth is if they knew that those were holes in the plan, they, they would have done that in the first place. So when you let them know that you're going to be making a change in who you invest with, that you're going to be moving your money, most of them, uh, like most of the time in my experience, they're very cordial about it. There should be nothing to worry about. They'll ask you where to send, uh, you know, wh where to send everything. Uh, in some cases, it can get a little uh, ugly. That might not be the term you want to use, but sometimes it can get a little ugly. Um, when that happens, though, just reach back out to us and let us know. And then we'll handle as much as we can from our side, and we'll help talk you through how to handle it on yours. Now, what that does um, in that language, you'll want to add your own flair to it, to be clear. Um, but what that's going to do is it's going to set a precedent that there shouldn't be any issues. If there are issues, then that's an outlier. And then they know that the person they are working with now that they're about to leave is really not like a, a great fit for them. But it's also going to encourage them that they're not doing it alone. You're not expecting them to do everything, that you'll help as much as you can, your team will help. Um, and depending on, you know, if you're working with a larger asset manager or something like that, there's going to be other things that you can do. But uh, ultimately, you're just you're going to make sure they're comfortable with that breakup conversation. We hope you enjoyed the Advisor Odyssey audio experience. Connect with us on your favorite social media platforms at Advisor Odyssey. You can find our full-length educational videos to watch on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out all our articles and publications on medium.com forward slash Advisor Odyssey. The Advisor Odyssey podcast is available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. The contents and opinions shared, expressed, or otherwise alluded to on the Advisor Odyssey podcast and audio experience are solely ideas not to be depicted as tax, legal, or investment advice. Results from the use of these concepts may not be representative of the experience of all financial professionals and are no guarantee of future success. Your results may vary. The Advisor Odyssey and its affiliated members are not to be held liable or responsible for any lawful recourse or punishment invoked upon the individual or accompanying business partners or team members. Federal law, state law, and or insurance carrier requirements may prohibit or place limitations on any of the ideas and activities expressed. 
All advisors, planners, wholesalers, affiliated reps, and investment advisors should be aware of any limitations imposed by federal regulation, state regulation, insurance carriers, broker-dealers, and registered investment advisors as applicable. Investment advisors are strongly encouraged to obtain pre-approval from the broker-dealer, registered investment advisor, insurance company, or similar institution with which they may be affiliated.